listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Denver? I got Derek Marlin back in the studio today after a long absence of doing our deals and no deals flip analysis with Derek. Derek, glad to have you back in the studio, my man. Chris, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to be back after your lovely remodel. This is awesome. Yes. Um, so today we're going to talk about, I think you said this was the best flip ever or one of the best flips you've ever done. It is. This is the most profitable flip we've ever done. So I call this the HGTV flip because it it is the best numbers that, that I've ever done. But it's a cool kind of accumulation story of a bunch of different scenarios coming together. So I thought it'd be interesting for your audience. Oh, absolutely. So we're going to go through the flip on how Derek found it, how he analyzed it, the numbers. It's a finished product that has been sold. So we can go yes. through the whole uh, cycle of it. Talk about the good, talk about the bad, yep. the learning experiences, and apply it back to and just doing local flips here in Denver Metro. Yep. So Derek, I jumped the gun here. I'm going to the property first. I know you very well. I know your company Elevation very well, but we have a lot of new listeners as well. So give us a quick background on who you are and what Elevation does, because you guys have a very unique product in the marketplace yeah. in doing flips, but also helping people, you know, learn that market as well. Yeah. Awesome. Um well, the name of my company is Elevation. As we said, um, we are a boutique real estate investment company based here in Denver. We work kind of all over the Denver metro area from kind of Loveland and Longmont all the way down to Castle Rock and Parker and about a 50 mile radius of metro Denver. Um, we do, we call it property redevelopment, but it's essentially fix and flips. Um, we take existing homes and try to make them beautiful. Um, we do not do scrapes. We don't, I did one pop top and it was kind of a hot mess. So I got out of that business. Um, and then we do a little bit of wholesaling between investors. Once we hit five or six projects, we kind of max out with internal capital and kind of time and resources. And so we'd rather just buy and sell between other investors. And then we've got a consulting and training division um, called the Elevation Academy, where we teach people in a super intensive one day format every step of our flip system um, or we also have got two other things called the partnership flip and this particular project that we're going to talk about was a partnership flip so we can dive into that more here more in the deal analysis and then we also do one-on-one um, -on -one consulting and teach people um, how to flip if they want us to really hold their hands through the whole process and then you and I have talked kind of, you know, offline on this, but I own a sister company called Flow Investments and we invest in uh, multifamily apartments and I'm trying to buy self-storage. So kind of more of the income side of things to supplement the active income um, from Elevation. Cool. So lots of stuff uh, that Derek is up to. And if you guys are interested in flipping, obviously this podcast is great. Uh, Derek's content and systems and classless team is great. Also go back and check out Elevate Your Flip. Yeah. And that was a series we did, I think it was last year at this point. Yep. But a great starting point for people who want to get into flipping because that is not our expertise, but that is your expertise, Derek. Yeah. So deal or no deal, man, set this up. Yeah. So this one, you know, our, our format before was kind of going at deals and, and people weren't quite sure whether it was or wasn't a deal. So I figured we'll just go straight up deal on this one. Um, and this particular property is I'm going to kind of advance through the slides here. This particular property was, as I mentioned before, it's called a partnership flip. And so what that is, is it's a way to help us either work directly with homeowners or sellers, or let's say somebody owns a rental and they've got just this total pain in the butt property. They want to fix it up and flip it, but they don't have the time or the resources or maybe the knowledge to do it. So what we do is we partner with homeowners. Um, in this particular example, 
we partnered with a client who was looking to get into flipping. They ended up uh, connecting with kind of more of an individual wholesaler or fellow investor like us. And they said, oh my gosh, I think this is a good deal because they had actually literally just gone through our academy three weeks earlier, but it was a huge house, which we'll talk about here in a second. And they didn't have the expertise to kind of take on this monster property or the funds because it was a significant rehab. So the client in this example, um, paid for the acquisition of the house. Or again, another example is the client has the house. A lot of times like mom and dad will move into an assisted living facility and adult children say, oh man, I know we can sell this for a bunch of money, but we haven't touched it for 40 years. We then come in and we use our contractors that we've got going on a bunch of projects. I personally fund the rehab um, and all the materials so the client's not out of pocket. And then we do a 50-50 profit share on the extra profit that regenerate. So this one was a partnership flip. Um, it was in Littleton, Colorado. So I know a lot of people try to work in the super hot areas of Denver. Um, we do as well, but we haven't done as much in the last two years in the you know, Highlands and Sloan's Lake and Congress Park areas because those have seemed to have continued to get bit up in price. Um, we still do a lot in the suburbs. So this is in a Southern suburb of Denver and Littleton, Colorado. So the Highlands that just, is it just, have they gotten very competitive from other investors there that and just the run-up in price i think it's both i think it's the general run-up in price and where the market's going i think that people are also um you know kind of to your core audience people are house hacking and being able to overpay compared to what an investor needs to pay to have enough margin and profit for yep. a profitable property um so they can do their own house hack or they've got a longer investment timeline than we do so i kind of get outbid on those types of properties. Mm. And not to say that I don't love it too. We just did a property in City Park that was a beautiful 110 year old home. But, you know, they are more eclectic. It's more of a passion project. And I think some investors are willing to pay a little more and take a little less return to do kind of a showcase type property. Not to say this one isn't because it's really, really a cool end product. Um, but I think that's where some of these core Denver areas that are the quote unquote hot areas um, were kind of nerds with our spreadsheet. And so we just go by return with all things being equal and we've gotten great returns in the suburbs. So that's kind of how it's just kind of shaking out in this particular property. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, you obviously, you have your business, you have your, you know, your numbers and you know, you let the market dictate where that takes you a lot of times. Yeah. Cause they, you can't change the market, but you yes. can adapt to the market. Yeah. So how did you, um, so you got this partnership flip mm -hmm. with a, previous client Correct. or previous academy attendee yep and he sourced it from a wholesaler right correct okay and so how did that process look i want to get tactical here in the weeds so yep. he's obviously out there the client out there getting to flipping yep was obviously talking to you about parting up and stuff like hey that deal came across his inbox i'm assuming correct how that filter out to you and then getting it under contract yeah it was one of those scenarios where i was almost mad at myself saying oh my gosh how am i not on this person's list um, to look at these properties, because theoretically I would have been out there in a second. I personally live in Centennial, so it was 15 minutes from my house. Um, but yeah, the client took our one day training academy, um, this really fantastic uh, now husband and wife couple, both engineers, super smart people want to get into flipping full time and, and build their rental portfolio, but have very demanding corporate jobs. So they were out networking with other wholesalers because when we send people through our classes, we say, hey, you got to pick two or three areas and try to go really deep and make good inroads from a sourcing perspective. Yep. So they were really out hustling and meeting other investors and other wholesalers. 
and and I kind of just say it in a cheesy fashion, but the skies parted and only two people showed up at this showing that the wholesaler had gotten the property under contract. And it was our client and another person. Um, the other person I don't think was too terribly organized. And so they had to go back and rerun their numbers. And and um, from the training that we did, our, our client said, hey, I think this is a really good deal, but can you double check our math? And so he actually FaceTimed me from the property, gave me the address. I ran the numbers through our spreadsheet and just kind of essentially sight unseen. I was like, yeah, we don't know what's going on with the sewer line, but there's monster spread in this property. If you can get it, commit immediately and we'll totally partner with you and and again, fund the rehab. And they wanted to learn. So we taught them our system um, and kind of were in the driver's seat. But uh, yeah, so they were on the list, saw the property. I said, it's go, totally green is go on this one. They committed to it and then um, put down their earnest money. And then we closed roughly three weeks later. Um, the client paid for the acquisition of the property. We had our money ready to go for the rehab. And then this was a unique one because the seller was a single um, or, or now single woman who had fallen behind on her taxes. Um, the property was in, in disrepair for a really nice neighborhood in Southwest Littleton, close to the Ken Carroll area. Um, definitely the biggest eyesore. Everybody else had beautiful, immaculately taken care of homes. And, um, and so she kind of needed to sell through a wholesaler. And um, we can talk about it more in the, the rest of the episode, but kind of a weird scenario where we rented back for six weeks um, and, and she you know, wouldn't let us back in the property to finalize our budgeting and said she wanted to, you know, if we wanted to come in, she'd give us COVID. And I mean, it was crazy. And so we had to jump through a ton of hoops and wait and build our budget. And then she finally left in February, which is when we started the project. But she left uh, before the 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 occupancy agreement she ran out? she uh no she cut it to within one day i mean she stayed the full max amount um which is the way we underwrote the deal and that was okay um but it was funny because and this is something for your audience that is key is we we get a lot of deals and we do a post occupancy agreement which means we close on the property the seller gets you know their money in the bank whether it's for them to have for everyday life or more importantly for them to go shopping for another house and then we give them time to live in the property and normally we don't charge rent. I think some people try to cover their carrying cost. To me, I just factor that in. But what I do is we charge a kind of a hefty security deposit because people always leave their stuff. Or in this example, she not only left an insane amount of stuff, but she ripped out the stair railing and all this stuff to get furniture out of the basement. And, and actually kind of weirdly as a grandma trashed the house. Um, and so we you know, told her, unfortunately, you forfeit the security deposit. And um, we use those funds as part of our rehab budget. All right. Yeah. And so what's the, uh, what's the layout of the house? Yeah. So the layout of the house is, it is a classic two-story single family home in Southwest Littleton. Um, it was the biggest house we've ever done. It's just over 5,000 square feet. It was a seven bedroom, four bathroom property. The other cool calling card about this one, and we'll talk more about it kind of in the, the pros and cons, but it actually has a pool, um, which most properties in that part of town don't have pools. So we knew when we were kind of trying to factor in the, the ARV, um, which for your audience stands for after repair value, or how much can I sell this thing for on the back end? Um, we knew that we ran our comparable sales on not taking a pool into account because it's Colorado and not everybody loves or wants a pool. So I personally didn't, a lot of our, deals have metrics of if you have a two-car garage in your property 
versus another one that doesn't, you can on average sell for twenty dollars to $25,000 more. That's a really specific metric. I had no idea in a pool. So we just underwrote the deal as probably going to be a big benefit. Obviously, in the middle of COVID, we had a lot of people from California moving here, a lot of people from Texas, and we knew a pool was going to be important. Mm. And so to me, it was just a nice feature to to sell the property. So yeah, big property, basement, two stories. Um, but in a weird way, it was actually a uh, very kind of quote unquote cosmetic project because we didn't do a ton of wall moving. We didn't have to finish a basement. It was just this massive house that was just poorly laid out and super, super dated. Okay. So we're about to hit on the next slide. Yeah. Okay. We can, we can, well, actually let's go, we'll go talk one more thing about, um, so we did talked about the rent back and then for us, especially in this partnership flip relationship was we worked with the licensed general contractor, one of the companies that we really enjoy working with. We've done like 10 deals with them because we knew that you needed somebody that had the bandwidth and the physical manpower to get this project done. So yeah, maybe you could have saved some money working with somebody who's doing a lot of the work themselves as a contractor and trying to sub it out. We immediately pick the contractor that we've done business with that has, you know, a four or five person paint crew, separate flooring companies, separate drywallers that, you know, you'd walk in the house and there's eight guys doing drywall because it's so much square footage that it was not sensible in our opinion to save a little bit of money, but have the project take another month or two because we would have missed the prime selling season. That makes sense. Yep. And so now we're going to go through uh, some spreadsheet numbers here. Yep. So that will be in the show notes. And also we're going to add some photos later before yes. and after photos. You said those are pretty dramatic when we yes. talked before we hit record on here. Yep. So if you want to you know, see the numbers and also see some photos, check out the uh, blog post and show notes. We'll go from there. And of course, we're going to talk about that and go through what it looks like from how you underwrote it to how it turned out. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got our, our deal analyzer spreadsheet, which we're happy to share with your audience. And um, for those that are kind of following visually, the purchase price was $485,000. Um, and then the renovation budget was, it ended up being $232,000. Um, I underwrote the deal at, uh, right around a $200,000 rehab. Okay. And we normally do a 10% contingency. Um, we can talk more about it here a little later in the program, but there's certain times when it makes sense to potentially spend a little more money because you see the market continuing to grow and to appreciate. Um, so we ended up being at 232. Is that what happened here? Wasn't you guys were over budget realized, hey, we can do some higher end stuff to to capture the higher end price? Yeah, it was a little of both. We definitely dipped into our contingency budget because the, there was some other learnings on this property that we've never done before, like the pool. So that was definitely more expensive mm. to rehab that because it was covered. It was winter when we bought it. We we didn't know. Um, and, and shame on me for trusting a sweet looking little old lady who ended up being um, maybe not so much um, that, yeah, the pool was shot. And so we needed to spend more in rehab on the pool. But then there were definitely some very specific strategic decisions that we said, oh my gosh, the market continues to appreciate. Nothing's for sale. Let's put in a wet bar downstairs. Let's um, do some more landscaping. Um, let's do a little bit more concrete work and flat work than we were gonna originally do. So combo of dipping into contingency and making some decisions of, we think we can easily get that money back out. Okay. So um, 232 in rehab, when we purchased the property, which again, we saw it in December, committed, closed in January, and then uh, of, of 2021, rented back through the 
through February of 2021. So we had a target ARV or sales price that we thought that we could sell it for $850,000. Um, our simple math normally on, on normal flips is for cosmetic properties where you're doing very minimal work and smaller properties, we need normally at least $100,000 in how much I buy it between how much I can sell it. And that generates a decent return. Um, for traditional properties, we normally need it to be at least $150,000. And then in these larger suburban properties or places of town where you're selling a more expensive product, our deals end up typically being about a $200,000 spread of buying it for 500 and feeling good that we can sell it at 700 and that leaves profit. So just even at a 485 to an 850, there was tons of margin, even though we knew it was a significant six figure rehab. We then saw, so again, we probably, we spent about another $30,000 in extra contingency slash strategic decisions, but that's because we underwrote the deal at 850 and we felt super confident based on some comps that had sold that 925 was a very reasonable listing price and there was nothing fixed up in this part of town. So that's the good thing is there's some great homes that maybe had been updated along the way or 10 years ago, but there was nothing that was fix and flip quality. So um, we ended up making a decision to list the property for $925,000. And what what month did you end up listing it in? So we ended up listing it in June. Okay. Yep, yep. We finished in May and we ended up listing it in, uh, in early June. Nice. Yep. And then what, um, I'm curious about the pool. Did you ever get yeah. a comp? Cause I, I, I don't have much experience with pools. Yeah. Like, did you ever figure out like, how much value or how'd you comp a pool into this? We, we didn't or just said, screw it. We'll just price it let the market do its thing. That's exactly what we did. We just said, you know what? There were so few properties yeah. with pools that we couldn't get any good handle on what it might be worth. And I just looked at it on an apples to apples basis of there's a bunch of homes that are selling that are, are nice, but not fix and flip updated and they don't have pools. So I should theoretically be able to get more. Um, and, and we can talk about it at the end. And that's, you know, really what ended up happening is a couple moving from Texas, bought the the house and, and loved it. And the pool was a big deciding factor for them. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I want to talk about, I know on your, your deal analyzer here, mm -hmm. you guys can email us. Um, it's on the website, download it there. It's the same one's on, on the main website for the fix and flip analysis. Mm -hmm. So go to the toolkit and grab that. Um, you have four metrics on here, daily yep. burn, ROI, profit, you know, gross profit, and then your daily profit. Yes. Or dollars per day. Yes. Walk us through those uh, very quickly because I always think these are interesting, these metrics you have. Yeah, no, I appreciate you mentioning those. The way that we make the decisions, because ideally, let's say we have multiple properties that we're trying to figure out which ones do we want to keep. And our three biggest metrics um, to us in order of importance are dollars per day. And what that is, is that's a metric that we, we kind of go off of most often. And that's how much net profit am I making? divided by how many days do I have a property uh, from purchase, rehab, and listing it and selling it on the back end. So kind of the example I always give is, if I said, okay, Chris, do you wanna do a fix and flip that makes you $58,000 or $42,000, what's your answer? Well, depends on how long it takes me and how much rehab there is. That's right, so you're astute. Most people just quickly say, well, I wanna make 58. Mm -hmm. Well, in that example, let's say the $42,000 property is just like you said, it's only 35 grand in rehab and it's a condo and I can get in and out in a month versus the other one is a single family home 
it's in Denver. I got to pull permits and it's going to take me four months. We actually typically pick because of the term that we love, which is called velocity of money. How fast can I move our money? And we lean that way. So this one ended up being a, a very nice blend of still a significant dollar per day profit, also balanced with a really big project. So in this example, our net profit per day that we own the property was $930 a day which is which is big i mean our our average is around 475 to 525 dollars oh, wow. per day um so this truly was the home run and like i said it's the most profitable project so you're almost a double your normal yeah metric almost double and even if we sold it at the 850 uh which is our our original arv we still would have been at 650 to 700 bucks per day in dollars per day so that's kind of our number one go or, or, you know, deal or no deal, if you will, on, do we want to do a project? And then, um, kind of sliding from, from right to left, the profit is just your pure net profit, which is how much do you buy it for all of your rehab, all of your closing costs, all of your holding costs, everything you would ever pay out. And then what's your sales price point on the back end? So this one, we, we netted, uh, just over $200,000 in true net profit. Um, and for your listening audience, this does include kind of a hybrid of interest rates where our client was borrowing hard money. So they were paying 14% and our in-house money right now, we're actually a little lower. We're, we're at 4% interest. So, um, you know, your, your viewing audience can look at this and realize that we paid, you know, 20, well, all in almost $31,000 in holding costs. Had I bought this one myself, you know, we would have put an extra $20,000 in profit in the deal. But it goes to show that even if you're borrowing at 14%, if it's still a good deal, you're still making really, really good money. Yep. You got to understand the way the, uh, don't get phased by the higher interest rates because yes. even if you put no money down, higher interest rate, it's usually the most efficient use of capital. Yeah. I mean, it totally is. And, and that kind of goes into our third metric, which is the ROI that I know your audience is familiar with, um, which stands for return on investment. Our spreadsheets are typically run as if it was obviously an all cash purchase and then selling on the back end. So it's not a leverage return or a cash mm -hmm. on cash return, which would be much higher. But even in the all in price that we invested, our rehab, and then what we sold it for, it's a just over a 25% return on investment. Um, again, we want to be super upfront that this literally is the, the most profitable deal we've ever done. So our average is 12 to 14% ROI. So again, you know, we've got our spreadsheet color coded for green is obviously very good. Uh, orange in our world, cause we're, you know, that's one of our company colors is, is still good, but let's do a little deeper dive and red means you probably shouldn't do it. These are all screaming green. So something on the, on the profit, since this was a partnership, uh, partnership flip property, yep. um, that profit goes 50, 50 with you and the partner, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So in this example, um, they received our clients received their acquisition price back. So they, at closing, they got their 485 back. Um, we each reimbursed ourselves the interest that we had paid. Um, I got reimbursed the rehab money at closing. And then after that, that got to our true net profit. So in this example, the math is actually, actually super simple is we had a total profit on the project or after essentially paying ourselves back, um, of $200,000. So each person got a hundred thousand dollars in, in true net profit. Um, and then in this example, the client actually wanted to learn how to do this. So we, we taught them along the way. So some people we work with kind of the, the family who doesn't want to mess with it, 
we run everything and we give them status updates and they're happy, but we're starting to more and more work with people that want to learn. So we kind of blend our consulting with the partnership flip. Cause again, I would have never seen this deal yep. had they not called me. So to me, this is the biggest no brainer. Um, you know, it, it's not untrue. Um, but really our return is if I had 232 grand in rehab, I had some staging, a little bit of holding costs, you know, so let's say, keep the math simple. I put in $250,000 of my own money or my company money, and I made $100,000 in profit. That's significantly better ROI. So we love partnership flip for this reason that I'm seeing deals we would not otherwise see. People learn, and it's kind of a, a win-win for both parties. And when it came to doing like the, um, the rehab package, mm -hmm. I know from when we did our course a while ago, you've had a series of I forget what you call them, but you had, you know, three or four or five yeah. kind of packages used mm -hmm. that are, you know, your spreadsheet, it's fairly templated, oh, yeah. you know what to use. Did the package change since you're doing a higher end flip for this property than a lot of your other, like your other ones, since it's a higher price, how that your rehab package come to play on the here? Yeah, that's a great question. This actually really enabled us to create a sixth package. Okay. Um, and you're right, we call them fixture and finish package. And so that's everything that you're putting in a property that is the design aesthetic that a buyer would care about. So when we flip our properties, we want to know up front, it takes kind of my personal taste out of it. Um, so we have five different packages. So we have two kind of contemporary style packages. We've got a package for properties that are mid-century modern homes, because um, that has a very specific look. Uh, we've got a farmhouse package. So kind of think the Chip and Joanna Gaines HGTV farmhouse look. So we've got that. We've also got one for rentals. We don't want clients to kind of over improve their rental properties. And then yep. th this one, 100%, we said, oh crap, there's no way that, I mean, even listing in the eight to $900,000 range, we needed nicer product in there. So we swapped out about 35% of what we typically would put in a property. And now we have a six package and we call it our high-end package. So it's for properties that are normally about $800,000 and greater in finished levels. So you're putting in the highest level of quartz for your kitchen countertops. Backsplash where we're normally for, you know, a $750,000 product, you're in the 15 to $17 a square foot range. We put beautiful, you know, marble mosaic tile in there that was like 28 bucks a square foot. Um, you know, you're spending probably 2,500 bucks more for nicer appliances, soaking tubs, the whole nine. So yeah, we, we updated it. So we now have kind of six packages and we can kind of quickly expedite how we fix up these properties to again, whatever the buying audience wants. It's not what's my opinion or my wife's opinion or whomever. Um, it, it's key to just say, what does the market want? Give it to them. And two things that was kind of step away from this deal that, you know, I think you're, you're really good at, you know, you and your company, Derek is, you know doing a job of removing yourself and hey, who is the end client? Yep. And we wanna make sure that we make him or, him and her happy, um, but also just the level of systemiz uh, systemization you have when you look at flips. Because you know, I, I talked to a lot of people coming through the podcast, reaching out, hey, they wanna get into fix and flips. And I tell them, hey, I can give you some pointers. Yeah. I did one fix and flip. I made 22 or $24,000, but realized the, the uh, what it would take to scale up mm -hmm. of just the systems or processes, all that stuff. I was like, I just, I don't have the interest in it, but like, you know, you've done a great job on there and to, you know, turn a fix and flip into a business, that's the type of stuff you need to have here. So I hope listeners are like paying attention to it as people are trying to, you know, model what you're doing yeah. 
is you are very systematized, which is essential for scale and also just, you know, controlling your margin when it comes to doing properties. Like, hey, once you've got the system in place, it's a very marginal cost to do more deals, but it's getting all that stuff in place. So I hope people are realizing that and taking some notes to incorporate into their to their uh, investments as well. No, I really appreciate that. I mean, we're, I've worked really hard to kind of get that in place and we're very fortunate. We do have a, you know, a team. I've got a project manager that helps run our projects and we've got now two um, sales professionals that help find and acquire properties and then sell them on the back end. But to me, I think the, you know, and I think probably your clientele probably sees the same thing is, I don't know if people value their time uh, as money as much as they should. And to me, the perfect example is, you know, you get up, you've got a flip going, you've got your interest clock ticking and you say, okay, I need to buy tile today. So let's go to floor and decor. Let's wander around and pick tile out. And four hours later, um, you know, you've spent an half of a day versus for us, we've got it all in a spreadsheet. We've got the picture of the tile, the skew, the link, we order it online and then our contractors go and pick it up. So, you know, people spend so much time doing it when yep. they could do one of two things, either they could find more deals and be more profitable, or they could not work and do anything else that they want to do and and run a really, really lucrative business, but have 20 hours a week to do whatever you want. So on average, um, I'm in a property only once a week for an hour. Um, again, I have a project manager and he's in there typically two times a week for an hour. So we're managing projects roughly in three hours a week of in-person time and probably an hour or so a week of computer time. So that's how we can do five or six at once and not be pulling our hair out. And there's people that are way, you know, bigger than I am that can run 20 at once. But to me, we, we have to have a system where we'd be out of our minds. So on this property, what what are other key takeaways on on the returns, the rehab you want to talk about before we move on, Derek? Yeah, so I think for us, again, speed was key. We were able to, using our systems, not over-improve. We went back and forth and said, do I really need a seventh bedroom or do I create a second master suite upstairs? And then we, again, we just kind of looked at the market and said, no one else has this. So why should I spend more time or money creating something that I don't really think that we need? So we were able to, for construction time, actually get through a 5,000 square foot home in, in three and a half months. So that was quick for us. Um, again, just not overdoing it. And then learning, um, we ended up, you know, like I said, the pool was shot. Um, it was winter time. It, we listed the property in late May or early June, so it wasn't early enough to open the pool. Um, and then uh, we underestimated the time that that it took vendors or pool service companies to come out and even just get us a bid. I mean, we were luckily in a multiple bidding situation and priced the house appropriately. We ended up actually just giving the client a pretty significant credit because once we, again, it's also going back to tell your real estate professional to talk to the buyer's agent to figure out well, what do they want instead yeah. of us trying to fix it we found out that they were a you know pretty well to do couple from texas and they wanted to make their own probably dream pool so we said great here's a credit and you guys do what you want and then we didn't have to mess with um you know using pool contractors because there's not very many of them and they were booked out even when we started calling people in march they were booked out through august so kind of these variables that we didn't foresee coming, even though we've done a ton of these and just being, you know, smart and sensible about areas that you're not an expert in. 
great takeaways. What uh, what else on this property, Derek, before we wrap up? So, um, yeah, I think that that we've kind of covered everything. Again, it's it's all about not falling in love with your your comparable sales um, and and overestimating your product. So we decided there were you know two different neighborhoods that were very similar in style. And when you're in a larger footprint of the suburbs, yes, you have a, a major road that divides the two, but there were a lot of comparable sales in this specific neighborhood that were between 750 and $850,000. So we thought, yeah, we can get at the top end of that. On the other side, um, for your audience that knows this part of town, Wadsworth was the main dividing line. Mm. Um, there were little bit bigger within 100 or 200 square feet. But when you're at 5,000 square feet, 5,000 versus 5,100 square feet is not that different in our opinion. Um, but they were selling for 1.1 to 1.3 million. So we thought there was some upside, um, but I still wanted to price it effectively. So we priced it at 925. We had 47 showings um, and five offers, which is way more than I thought on this price point. Like not everybody could have afforded that home. And so we just went with the buyer that we thought loved the house the most. And we're very fortunate that they paid 75 grand over asking to get to that million dollar price point. But even though we saw it coming, I think we were thinking we'd get a million, but we didn't want to price it there. Let the market take it wherever it goes. Don't say we spent more money or this is the nicest house in the block. It was, but let the market do its thing. And, and I think our philosophy is good things will happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, Derek, this is a, a great deal to talk about. What, um, I mean, if people want to get a hold of you, just learn more, like, what's the best way to uh, get a hold of you in your company? Yeah. So um, our website is elevationinvest.com. So people can find us there and and reach out. Um, we're trying to put out, you know, trying to follow your guys' lead, trying to put out as much content as we can. So um, on Instagram and Facebook, we're at Elevation Invest. We're trying to put out tons of free content. And again, we want to partner with people and work with people. Um, and then people can also, you know, call us and, and email us. We're right here in, in Metro Denver. So always looking to work with people. But yeah, um, the name of the company is Elevation, but the website is elevationinvest.com. Awesome. Well, Derek, I appreciate you coming out and putting together uh, the slide deck and walking through the property. I always find them fascinating because it's a totally different thank world you. to me. Um, so thank you. If you guys want that, you know, deal analyzer, go download off the website, reach out to Derek, check out that, the uh, fix and flip series we did about a year yeah, and a half year ago, ago, I think, mm -hmm. yep. um, it's on the website, go to courses on there, tons of information, Derek is a great resource. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me back, Chris.